so let, let's look, put a little perspective. We're, we are uh, surpassed now the peak of Delta, which was early September, with about 113,000 uh, hospitalizations in the United States as of today. The peak in the whole pandemic was in January of 2021, that's about 140,000. So we're moving up there. We're moving up in the wrong direction. And everyone's going to say the same thing. Hey, 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 hey. People are vaccinated. First of all, we'll talk like that. And, and Omicron is supposed to cause less severe disease. So how is this possible? And I'll tell you how it's possible. Can you see my uh, top doc sign behind me? Just want to make sure that's in a clear view. Oh, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me, um, let me make sure. I, I think let's see here. There's a, right, actually, I put it right here for now, so you can see it. I don't know if you can see on the wall over there, but I got top docs for the last seven years. I don't know if you see over there, over there. See, I, I got so much, I got so much diplomas and top docs. They're all down there. You then purchased all them in there. So, are those you got a lot of pet ceilings? Shop. Huh? Are those cathedral ceilings? They are cathedral ceilings. Oh, the office. Yeah, but as long as you can see my uh, my top doc poster, you can see it. Right, it's really small. Oh, this says what does this see? Once you've had enough of these, he's like, I don't need some more. So then you start. Is that them. Emmy? Oh, so you, you pay extra for that. Well, I don't pay for none of these. This was well. my fans, you know, uh, actually. Uh, All right. So let's get it. Let's get into the Amarion virus. You, you've heard of the Amarion virus, right? That is that's what they're calling in Harlem, I understand. Yeah. Black Twitter, actually. So Black Twitter comes up with. <laughs> that's a real thing. Black Twitter. Is there a, is there a little uh, like a little accent mark over the E? It's a whole different spelling. So, but yeah, honestly, we, we, we want to get into the Omicron variant. So right. let me let me do the official introduction. Welcome to Recommended Absolutely. Daily Dose. I have the chief of infectious disease doctor. That's your new title or your, your regular title? What's your new uh, title? That's the old title. I am now apparently a medical director for the Institute of Clinical Research. And oh, fancy, fancy. And so I am the lowly. Just science, baby, science, baby. That's all it is. Science. Uh, science is not science like it used to be. But I'm the lowly Dr. Clinton Coleman. So, with his uh, Doctor of the Year award, and, the, and is, that, is that champagne? Some, uh, some uh, Christmas gift or something. Moet in the background there. Moet. Are you, are you <laughs> some crystal. Anyway, so all right. So, off the cuff, you just tell me your thoughts on Omicron. We've seen a big uptick in the hospitals. Yeah. I'm driving home and I see the lines outside the COVID testing places. It's back in At least you get to go 2020 home, again, right? And you're back in the hospital. So let, let's look, put a little perspective. We're, we are uh, surpassed now the peak of Delta, which was early September, with about 113,000 uh, hospitalizations in the United States as of today. The peak in the whole pandemic was in January of 2021. That's about 140,000. So we're moving up there. We're moving up in the wrong direction. And everyone's going to say the same thing. Hey, 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 hey. People are vaccinated. First people of all, we'll talk like that. And, and Omicron is supposed to cause less severe disease. So how is this possible? And I'll tell you how it's possible. Is that not everyone who should be vaccinated is vaccinated. And let's start off basic. What is the definition of a vaccine? That has really changed, right? So right. If someone tells me, well, doc, I only got two doses. I'm not boosted, but they got the second dose in October. They're still okay. If they got the second dose in March or April, and now it's January of 2022, 
This is a problem. It's almost like they have minimal protection. So our understanding and our definition of what is vaccinated, fully vaccinated, is evolving to the point where I suspect it's going to be a three, you know, boosting means, seems to imply to people it's, it's an optional, you know, it's not really necessary. Now we're understanding, hey, no, it's actually necessary six months after uh, Moderna, two months after J&J. And &J, I don't know if you just saw that the CDC just changed it to five months now right. after uh, Pfizer. So these are the updates. But we're already seeing this in the ground. If someone is vaccinated and boosted, so I, I personally would like to say fully vaccinated means all three shots. Right. If you fulfill the criteria, you but, may get illness. You're not getting disease. I mean, guess what? You are, if, so you may get the sniffles, the man cold, aka the, the Clinton Coleman uh, conundrum, whatever it might be. You may get that, but you are not getting hospitalized if you are immunocompetent. Now, if you are one of Dr. Coleman's renal transplant patients, what have you, that's a, that's a more difficult situation and something you know that we can dive into later. But that, that's where it gets a little more technically difficult because these are people who may not have made a response in the first place, right? Right. For the average Joe, um, being vaccinated, boosted, fully vaccinated, yes, you may have an escape or breakthrough infection, but you're not going to get serious disease. But you know what? There's a whole segment of the population, not just in New York Tri-State, but all across the country, who are not vaxxed, under vaxxed, never got boosted, uh, or at high risk, and may have never made antibodies in the first place. And that's really the people that we're seeing coming into the hospital. You know, and it's just like flu, man. You know, you may not, it may cause exacerbations. So it makes someone's CHF worse, someone's COPD worse. Um, it may cause, you know, people to have increased um, cardiac output and they get something called demand ischemia and then they get right. non-estimated MI. So it affects the whole body. So we know that. And that's what's putting the strain on the system today. When people tell me, well, hey, it wasn't as bad as in January of 2021. It wasn't as bad in March, April, May of, of, June, uh, of 2020 when you guys had no idea what you're doing. But man, look at where we are now. There's a lot of compassion fatigue. There's just a lot of fatigue right. in general. You have older nurses retiring, younger nurses saying thanks, but no thanks. Uh, marketplaces where you know uh, uh, nurses will say, hey, look, I can go to North, or even docs may go to uh, uh, undeserved areas, right? And make more. That's just the way the markets are working. Right. And you have a lot of people out. Right now, we've got 165 people out at Holy Name at the moment. So you have staffing issues. So you have critical staffing issues. You have just fatigue of 20 plus months of this going on. Yeah. So it takes a lot less right now uh, to kind of, not was it overwhelmed, because we're not being overwhelmed, but to really overburden uh, the healthcare system. That's where we're at right now. Let me, let me ask you about the vaccine again, because um, initially when we were first talking about the vaccine, the efficacy of the vaccine, I mean, how effective it is. You were, after the first dose, you were- uh, I told people 50% after the first dose, first two weeks later, is that what they said in the beginning? I thought it was uh, a little more effective. You know, I mean, you know, what's 10, 15 percent among, among friends? But I like to make it easy. 50% two weeks after the first dose, 100% two weeks after. But that doesn't mean you're not going to get an infection, right? And I think that's, let's just pause here. The difference between infection and disease, uh, the vaccines still do an excellent job of what they're designed to do, prevent you from getting hospitalized, getting severe to critical illness and death. They will not prevent you from having breakthrough infections, uh, the IgG antibodies don't affect, uh, they're not what we call IgE, they're not affecting the, the nares. So the virus can accumulate in the nose and cause upper respiratory tract infections. You know, that's, that's just doctor speak for runny nose, water eyes, congestion, headache, and fevers. But it will not progress to a lower respiratory tract infection. It will not cause pneumonia, renal failure, liver failure, multi-organ dysfunction syndrome. That's, that's what we're really trying to prevent by these vaccines. So are you seeing a different level of the severity in the hospital? Because that's the word you know, on the street that uh, the 
Omicron variant is causes less severe disease. Now, where Overall, is that? The, street, the hard streets of Allendale, New Jersey? Is that, is that's that right. where you're uh... or, or is that a reflection of the people who are vaccinated? That gets you know, it's a reflection of a lot of things. Um, we have a much more heterogeneous situation in terms of people's immunity. Some people are vaxxed but not boosted. Some people are vaxxed, boosted, and they're good. Some people had an infection in 2020, early 2021, then got vaxxed, then get boosted and have incredible amounts of antibodies. So it's like you can have 10 different people, 10 different scenarios, and have 10 different outcomes with right. the same virus. It really depends upon you know, one's unique characteristics where early on in the pandemic, no one had natural immunity, no one had uh, acquired immunity, i.e. from vaccines. And so we saw people just getting sick really quickly. Now it's more variable across the board. And I will tell you, we now know the week before Christmas, the Omicron was, was present, but perhaps not as, uh, uh, had not taken over from Delta like we first thought. So we suspect some of the people that we uh, saw that got very sick. And remember, if you got, uh, if it takes about a week to 10 days after you get the virus, if you can get very sick to, to get in that clinical scenario, they may have acquired Delta before Christmas and now they're presenting after Christmas, between Christmas and New Year's, uh, severely to critically ill, and they actually had Delta in retrospect instead of Omicron. So it's a little hard to say because we don't have the ability, and most hospitals don't have the ability to rapidly sequence Omicron and differentiate Omicron from Delta. Any thoughts on the reinfection rates between the variants? Because anecdotally, I see some of my friends who had the, I don't know what variant they had, but early on in the illness had COVID, and now they're getting infected again. We thought that the, the chance of you getting reinfected was pretty low. Once you well, no, and, and I've been saying this uh, since the get-go. And, and I'm not special. This is what most in the this is true. world. That, that is true, yes. That is true. Well, you know, you're not special, yes. Did you want me to pan over to my uh, doctor oh. of the year words? Or I can do it later. later. Uh, <laughs> I also have a who's who in high school award that I'm very proud <laughs> Remember uh, that? That, that I paid $49.99 for a nice frame. Uh, see, I'm self-deprecating. I can make fun of myself. Um, what was the question? Oh, so when I would, we would tell people in the beginning, hey, doc, you know, they'd ask you, I already got the infection. It was in the summer of 2020. Why do I need a vaccine now in 2021? And we would say, if you had a mild illness, you're going to have a mild immune response. And you may not necessarily mount a very impressive immune response. Someone had a very severe illness, they'll have a very more profound immune response. But that's no way to, uh, to give immunity, right? Because we know that people with very severe disease, oftentimes we saw in the hospital all the time, severe to critical there was a significant percentage that never made it out of the hospital alive. Right. And so if you had 10 different people, you have a, a very variable response, a much more reliable response, a more homogeneous response, if you will, is from the vaccine. You give it to 10 people, you get reliable antibodies afterwards. So when people told me that they had a very mild illness, you know, I'll say, look, you may have had antibodies for some time. We've seen from Israel and other countries that these antibodies certainly decline. We call it decay curves over time. Uh, which is what was the rationale for the booster. Uh, and again, the nomenclature booster may have been premature. This, this vaccine may have been a three, should have right. been a three dose, dose vaccine all along. And we see that with other viruses too, right? Hep B uh, comes, to, comes to mind. There's plenty of other uh, uh, primary series that are multiple doses. So this is nothing out of the ordinary. And just think about influenza. You get influenza in 2017, you never get vaccinated. It's no surprise you'll get it. You can get it again in 2018. So sure. This is not the first virus that by getting the infection, you do not have long lasting immunity. And that's a reflection of the virus ability to adapt over time to mutate uh, and we call immune evasion. And then that's what we're seeing right now with Omicron. Increased transmissibility, maybe less virulence, so they're inversely proportional, 
but certainly immune evasion such that it can escape monoclonal antibodies. Remember, we have two antibodies that no longer work, the Regenco by Regeneron, Eli Lilly, uh, the GlaxoSmithKline. So Trivimab does still have, does still have activity, thankfully, but again, very minimal uh, uh, supply at the moment. So these are all things to keep in mind. We're throwing out a lot of terms out here, and it's easy to see why people can get confused, but you have to stay on point, stay on messaging, and, and uh, as we say, we shall overcome. That's what I always say. Um, any thoughts of the people saying that the decreased virulence is sort of like the light at the end of the tunnel, meaning that um, this is the virus mutating to a less uh, serious form and you know, hopefully in a year or two, it'll be just like a common cold again. Well, I think just saying the common cold is a, is a misnomer. Uh, well, you let's know remember influenza yeah. kills in any given year, 30 to 40,000 people every year. Uh, it's not the 800 plus thousand we've seen since this COVID pandemic uh, has started in the United States in, in March of 2020. What we are saying is that at some point, this will reset to an endemic seasonal uh, uh, disease of which we will have to just have an acceptable level of risk and go on our lives. We, we, we know, right, that we cannot remain locked down. We cannot remain having kids uh, being away from school for such a long time without significant mental, educational, uh, spiritual, if you will, right. uh, social uh, ramifications. So, and again, I, this is still speculative, but some people would say Omicron may be the best thing that can happen. In the in, in, understand what I'm saying, highly transmissible, we are, you know, unprecedented surges right now. We're having about 700, um, uh, oh, sorry, over 570 children getting into the hospital right now. Uh, the largest pediatric hospital uh, in the United States, which is in Houston, uh, has quadrupled their cases in the wow. last two weeks alone. So no one, you know, I think when people say oh, the best thing could happen, I think that's really the wrong thing to say. But what I would say, this virus is quickly evolving to resemble something that perhaps would become endemic, meaning it's seasonal, it's sporadic, it shows up in the fall and the winter, then it disappears. It's highly transmissible. It may require a yearly vaccine. And you know, I know that can be controversial, but again, uh, nothing that we haven't seen before with influenza uh, and causing less of your own diseases. Usually viruses over time, not always, do evolve to become, because of natural selection, to become less virulent, more transmissible. The virus is not interested in killing us. The virus is interested in just propagating itself. So by natural selection pressures, you're gonna pick out mutations that give it advantage of being uh, more transmissible, able to be spread from person to person and have immune uh, uh, evasion. But, you know, that's why we don't see a, uh, a pandemic of Ebola, right? Ebola kills everything it sees and kind of disappears. It comes out every seven years uh, or so. The virus wants to achieve a certain me happy medium uh, through natural selection where it just pops up and is able to propagate uh, year after year. So again, some people speculate that this is just this evolution, this virus is quickly heading towards an endemic feature because the idea of herd immunity and it disappearing, uh, imagine that only a year ago, we were still talking about has, has, has long since, uh, you know, gone away from, from our discussions. You think the vaccines have any role in promoting mutations? Like no. the strongest, no. the strongest variant out there will survive if it can't get into or... No, what, 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 what promotes... Uh, 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 mutations is the unchecked viral replication and spread. So until we have, uh, and this is where I get my little preacher hat on, but I don't have one. So, you know, you just pretend as long as we have a uh, vaccine inequality across the United States, across, excuse me, across the world, uh, we are never going to get rid of it. As long as you have Western world, uh, first world, 
I hate the first world, second world, third world. Right. No one can do as long as you have that and thinking that you can, in a global world, global economy, that we can um, stay isolated while you're having large swaths of the world unvaccinated, you're having this virus just constantly replicating, constantly replicating, and they're sloppy, right? They're, they're sloppy. Just by random chance, the more virus that you have replicating, you can have these random mutations. A lot of them are nonsensical, but some of these mutations will get together and become a, a, a variant of interest. And then some of those may have those attributes I talked about and become a variant of concern. And so that's really the way it, it's really a worldwide global um, uh, uh, vaccine effort. Uh, but you're never going to really that. solve that. You think that's possible to solve? There's, there's well, always going to be areas play, right? where there's no vaccines available or lack of vaccines. Well, it's a lack of vaccines. It's the cold storage requirements of the um, messenger RNA vaccine. So there's still a lot of work to be done in the vaccine world. Um, but that's solving the access to health. You know, as you know, has some of the, while exceedingly small, but slightly more than one would expect with the cavernous uh, sinus thrombosis, um, you know, and such to the point now the CDC uh, has said, you know, it's kind of like the redhead stepchild. If you can, we prefer you get the messenger RNA vaccine, Moderna or Pfizer. But then if you need yearly doses, we know that every time, every extra dose you need, you're going to have a decrease in compliance. There's X amount of people who dropped off between the first dose and the of second course. dose. Plenty of people yeah. who after the second dose said, you know what, I'm out. I'm not getting the booster. And now, oh, you're telling me three doses? Forget it, I'm not getting a fourth next year. So that's going to be a problem. And that's something we're going to have, you and me, we're going to have to constantly be out there. Uh, it's like Black Jeopardy, when, you know, that one category, what was it? <laughs> they out here saying. So we need to be out here saying constantly uh, you know, and, and getting that message across to all populations. I mean, it, 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 I, I'm seeing this more and more. This is not necessarily, this has gone beyond, well, certain uh, underrepresented uh, 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 communities. This is really, I think, uh, uh, going to affect a lot of communities out there and then you know but still you're going to see a divide between the rich and the poor the first world the second world the third world uh it's just going to exacerbate a lot of the um uh health disparities that we already see and so we really have to keep on point with this and keep discussing this and keep uh keep at it quite frankly keep at it um last question does that reset or uh, the variance or I guess the inability to be vaccinated reset the level of herd immunity or that change or that's a static number? No, but I think, you know, we know that this may become more sporadic. So this virus is so transmissible. And again, you're having this overburdening of the healthcare system currently. Because I, I think it would help, right? Screening. I think everyone getting sick and spreading like wildfire would at least it may eventually kind of burn out in, in yeah. our area. It may then go to other areas of the country. You know, mm. we saw this in the beginning, right? Do you right. remember how our lives were in March, April, and May of 2020? Yeah. And, other and then it went down said, south. Hey, we're open for business. Then it slowed down here. And guess what? It went to other parts of the country. And even in early summer, we were doing A-OK. -okay. And even in the early, late summer, early uh, fall of 2021, we were doing OK. Early September, uh, you had a peak of a delta, but really it was not such an issue in the Northeast. We're talking West Virginia. Arkansas, uh, North Dakota, parts of Alaska, where you had very low vaccination rates and also very low natural immunity. So we, I think we're gonna constantly see the sporadic regional effect. You're gonna see flare-ups in New York City and Tri-State, then it'll die down, then it'll go elsewhere. And so I think we have to you know, really uh, keep track of that, understanding maybe an uneven, um, uh, 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 uneven burden across the country. You know, it's not like in the beginning, the first two weeks, the whole country shut down, we're right. all in it together. You may see parts of the country opening up, and other people saying, "Hey, what, what are you guys doing? You know, we're, we're suffering over here." So it's really uh, a moving and moving and grooving. Unfortunately, is the word I would say. It's so transmissible. It's so highly infective. 
it is uh, uh, going to eventually, the hope is burn out through a population and then have no one left to infect. It may then disappear very quickly. You may, we're hoping for a very sharp peak and not a rounded peak, you know, and, and come down very quickly, the slope. Right. Then what happens year after year? Again, that's really up to us, I think. And I think we've really seen the benefits of fully vaccination, fully vaccinated people as far as their yeah. their their response to infection and spread. So, you know, and I'll tell you a perfect example. People who are fully vaccinated, again, vaccinated and boosted, um, will tell me, you know what, I had this trip and I had to cancel it. And I'll tell them, I like, look, this is an inconvenience. We we're, we've shifted the conversation for you. Oh, I need to be hospitalized. You know, my, my loved one may expire from this. So right. it's an inconvenience. I have the sniffles. I have a cold. I've lost days from work or school, which are all significant. But we moved it. We moved it from how serious and grave it once was. And then you know you you co- contrast that with someone who's not vaccinated, who chose for whatever reason uh, to not get vaccinated who now has lost a loved one or they have lost their own life and now their loved ones are, are grieving over them. And that's truly tragic. This is it's completely at this out. point. Yes. Yes. At this that, point, it's complete. It's, it, it is a tragedy uh, uh, of untold proportions because it, it is almost like self-chosen. And that may sound harsh, you know, when, I, when, when they say, Oh, this doc is just saying these people are choosing their own, um, their own course, uh, you know, but I say this so people can just understand because so many people will say, well, I heard it's no big deal. So that's why I'm not getting vaccinated. And they don't understand, no, it's no big deal if you are vaccinated. It's still an incredible deal if you're un- unvaccinated or undervaccinated. And that's what people have to understand. It's yeah. a big deal for children. It affects the upper airways now. So maybe less of pneumonia and then result in liver failure, renal failure, et cetera. But upper airway disease in kids is a big deal, especially little kids. Think of RSV and croup and bronchiolitis. That's why we're seeing probably so many children, especially very young children being hospitalized. They have small airways to begin with. So just because it's not a lower airway disease and it uh, doesn't mean necessarily that it, it is not a dangerous disease. It's still dangerous. We, we had a young guy younger than myself and definitely younger than you, unfortunately pass away today, unvaccinated and had a wife and young children. And, you know, it's not just, he didn't want to get vaccinated now, you know, there's downward effects to his family and kids and stuff. So sure. And people um, always say, oh, didn't he have risk factors? But guess what? 75% of the United States no, yeah. is considered obese. So people always think, well, they must have been, they must have had X, Y, and Z. And then it somehow makes people feel better. And you have to understand, you and I have seen this time and time again. People um, who maybe didn't have any definitive identical risk factors, maybe slightly obese. But you know, like I said, 75% of Americans are BMIs that would fall in that category of obesity. So and so people with large swath of the population that still remains at risk. And people wouldn't know, like from your tie down, you're obese. You just you're ah. very stellar at the top, but below you, it's all action. all business up top. Um, I need to get my Peloton soon. So I don't know, maybe you tell me we should wrap it up so I can get down there and just get at it. Wrap, sir. All right. Well, this is the are we calling the Omicron special or the old how, how do we call it down south? We call it somewhere, somewhere different. Down south? That's you were down south recently, my understanding. You you, you got a little uh a little, little place, golden girl, the kind of like golden girl pad in the retirement building. Rest, rest in peace, Betty White. Yes. Rest in peace, Betty White. But is, is that where you're at? You're somewhere in West Florida among the retirees playing golf? I'm, I'm, I'm in Teaneck, actually. Ah, but you were there recently. And just, I think, last question before we wrap up were you playing golf in shorts and high socks? I played golf With in the high socks. Yes. Right. Yes. We will get a picture of that next time. But I tell you, until we see that picture, 
This is your co-host, Dr. Serge Slugger, along with my sidekick, Dr. Clinton Coleman. We wish everyone a happy new year. Who is also a top doc, if you can't, if you haven't seen that yet. Yes, if you if you if you must, you feel free to, to zoom in the screen if you need to. Uh, so you can see Dr. Coleman's um, little award over there. A little award. <laughs> I got he has award anxiety. next to that inexpensive uh, bottle of champagne that he, he bought himself, his staff. But we want to wish everyone a happy new year. Uh, if you like this, please rate, uh, subscribe, and review. And until next time, I am your co-host, Dr. Sir Dr. Clinton Coleman. Please be well. <laughs>